0: If I could go back, I absolutely wouldn't have done this. I would just be like a kick-ass butch lesbian and live my life.
1: Okay, everybody. I got another one. I am so excited this uh, afternoon because this person I'm bringing on is just a beautiful human being. Um, has been dealing with some stuff on the internet that we'll talk about here. But I just feel very blessed and and really that he 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 reached out. I mean, I reached out to him and he reached back real quick. And so before I do that, you know, like, comment, subscribe. I don't know all those things you guys do. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. But if you could do that, help me grow this. It, it really helps me bring these amazing voices on so this afternoon we have Casey here and um so I'm just gonna let Casey introduce himself and um and we'll just start right out the gate my friend so please introduce yourself
0: okay um so my name is Casey I'm 21 years old um and I am a product of the uh, pediatric gender affirming care model um I began medically transitioning when I was 17 and um I think I got top surgery like six months afterwards Um, within a year of kind of coming out um, to when I went off to college um, let me see like I was medically transitioned completely hormones top surgery name change gender marker change everything changed and then you know kind of went on my life like okay I'm gonna live as a guy that's gonna be fine and I never really questioned anything Um, I had some thoughts in the back of my mind um, as I went going on um, because transition didn't really fix all my problems and now with the prevailing um, stuff in the narrative that's going on about um, fighting back against um, child transition efforts. I'm like, wait, hold on, maybe, like, did I do this for the right reasons? And then looking at the detransitioning stories and seeing, well, hey, maybe um, this wasn't because I was trans, maybe it was because of something else and um, just disagreeing with the whole model of care. And then I spoke out on Twitter and two days later, I went viral, (laughs) so that's where we are now.
1: But you know, first off, thank you. (laughs) Wow, dude, I know I watched it and I was like, this is so, you are powerful, my friend, you are powerful. So so that, and I appreciate you and many people, not only in our community, but in the world appreciate you. Because again, I don't care what people say out there, this is your story. And that's been that really, that, that sort of mantra that the trans community, it's our authentic story. But when your authentic story doesn't resonate with what they're putting out, you're no longer trans and you're no longer a part of this community so that that's where I have a huge problem with the community and the fact that a person like you is willing to step up and say hey wait a minute did I do the right thing so I want to backtrack a little bit about your uh, beginning when you started so you started at 17 or
0: yes Um, a lot of the Twitter stuff because I said I began the questioning process at 16 say that I started hormones at 16 But frankly, it was a month after I turned 17. So. so which
1: is a youngster to me. Now remember how old I am, and I, yeah. I, I always feel that a person who's under 18, even 21, is still a, very, a young person who is not necessarily gonna make that huge choice. So you made the choice. So tell me how you did that. Like what, who did you contact? What was the process of you getting on the hormones?
0: So, um, the process of getting on hormones, I the, it was, I think, 2017, December 2017, when I started testosterone, and in May of that year, um, or sorry, April of that year, I was really struggling with my self-image. I wouldn't say I had gender dysphoria, but, like, I, I felt like an incongruence with myself, um, because I thought I was a lesbian at the time. I was kind of butch presenting, but I still had longer hair. I wasn't allowed to cut my hair because that's what boys did. That was the kind of the, the home life I grew up in. I forget what exact video I saw on YouTube because I was like just Googling random stuff. I had no idea what trans people were. I, that, that was not information I had access to. And I think the video that kind of opened my eyes was um, trans in love and at war. Um, it was a New York Times um, op-ed. That was about um, Layla and Logan Ireland. And, you know, seeing Logan Ireland, I was like, hold on. This is something that can actually happen. This isn't just, you know, boys trying to be girls and girls trying to be boys. This is like a legitimate thing that people can, you know, go on medication and they can actually, you know, live out their life. And I, I thought, you, you know, well, maybe what he's saying kind of resonates with what I'm feeling. So maybe that's it. So then, you know, I kind of came out in May and, um, my mom at first was like, no, this is ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? And then finally she was like, okay, if this is the case, if this is how you feel and this is the route we want to go, let's go to some experts so they can help us figure it out. So we went to, um, should I name the clinic? I mean, they're yes. a very well-known. Yeah. Uh, no. Children's Hospital Philadelphia Gender Clinic, which was a few hours away from me um, to be um, evaluated behaviorally. The first contact happened in September. And then I had an appointment in October. Um, So first appointment in September, second appointment in October. And then um, after those two appointments, I got the referral letter to a local LGBT health clinic where in December I received hormones.
1: All right. I'm going (laughs) to my old brain (laughs) because that's uh, I I consider that fast tracking. So September is your first September is your first. And I'm not laughing like at, you know, no, um, it's fine. It's absurdity back at it. The absurdity. I
0: thought it was slow at the time. I thought it was slow, but that's because I was 16. I wanted something and I wanted it yesterday. But now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, what on earth?
1: So so, September, you start, you can have another appointment in October and by December, they're giving you a letter to start hormones. Well, actually
0: they gave the letter to me in October, but it wasn't until December that I was able to get an appointment with a provider okay. that felt comfortable giving me the hormones.
1: Okay, well, that's interesting. So the provider was a little more of a pushback than the actual clinic, the trans. And yeah. so can you tell me what happened in that trans clinic when you went? You saw, it. was it a therapist, an affirmative therapist? Um, I saw? saw a
0: licensed psychologist. Um, okay, um, okay. And she was uh, one of the leaders of the gender clinic, um, Linda Hawkins. I mean, I don't okay. mind me naming her because everybody no. knows who she is and that she does these yeah. evaluations. She did these evaluations, and I, I don't hold anything against her either. That's the other thing. Um, but in the evaluations, I believe both appointments total were about three hours' time, and not all of that was with me. Some of that was with my mom. Um, and it's just her and I and the family dynamic. Um, I'm an only child, and she's the legal parent in the situation. So. Right. Um, but I don't remember most of the conversation with me besides the fact that it was a lot of data acquisition. It was a lot of just asking about my past, asking about, you know, social situations where I felt like, you know, do I feel like I fit more in a a male role in social situations or a female role? Um, I also got, I think, the gender pie, which was basically just like, here's a circle, fill out the pie chart. How much do you feel like a man, like percentage-wise, um, what percentage do you feel like a woman, and what percentage do you feel like non-binary? <laughs>
1: so wow, I also so saw I the don't gender even. Bread. Oh, you saw the gingerbread? Of course you yeah, did. Yeah, the gingerbread. <laughs> so, so basically, they're just like you know. Oh my gosh, this is just so. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. No, I'm it's just fine. like
0: You can laugh. It's absurd. <laughs>
1: I, I I am. I'm actually like blown away that it just is that simple, and that that's really what I want. This is why you're powerful because I need for the world to hear this when I say things like this or other people. Oh, that's not happening. That takes well, years yeah. to get hormones. Uh, really? Um, no, it doesn't take years yeah, to no. get hormones. That's that's a complete. And, and-
0: yeah, and people say, well, you say you, like, the first meeting was in September, and then you got hormones in December, that's six months of therapy, and I'm like, it was six months from first contact to when I actually got the script, but it was three hours split between two people. That, that's the, and it wasn't therapy, it was literally asking questions, getting answers, there was no, well, why do you think you feel that? Well, let's dig into this idea a that's little bit more. Right. There was no pushback, none whatsoever.
1: That's right, that's the key. And that's what I say to everybody. I got so much pushback, oh gosh. And I, again, I don't want people thinking I'm the end all be all. I'm just telling you my experience and why I'm solid in my transition, because I got a ton. Dude, it took me a year, two years of therapy to be able to get that letter and to be able to sort of move into this next level that you're going three three hours, three hours, letter, bam. And, and that is three months. I don't care what anybody says. We, you can add it up there and you can clear, and it's your story and you know your own story and you know your own truth, right? Yeah, so, and,
0: and again, it, the other thing in like medicine and other things too is they say, well, that's not what's on the website and that's not what I went through and they say that's not how the process works. Well, just because they say that's not how it works doesn't mean bad things didn't happen.
1: That's right, that's, I mean, come on, you're not the only one talking about this, right? We have a lot yeah, of that, that's
0: people. Yeah, that's the thing.
1: That's the thing. It's not like you, you're like the lone person. So so, 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 so now you're transitioned, my friend, and you're living your life, and, and so what happens now? So you start hormones, and, and now I wanna take it from that space.
0: Um, so I was in my senior year of high school. Luckily, I had like a pretty low course load. I only had three courses, and they were all music courses. Um, Cause the idea was i was going to major in music ed in college i was going to be a music teacher um, and i was not doing great mentally at the time um, for years leading up to that the year before that i had hospitalized myself inpatient because things were getting pretty bad and they were going to come to a boiling point where i was going to try and do something really stupid um, so things were kind of rocky and you know i i thought well maybe as the transition happens and as the hormones start working, and I feel the gender euphoria, some of the suicidality and some of that is gonna reduce, like I was told. I was told your life is gonna become more bearable now because you're gonna feel at peace with yourself and you know your, your body's gonna line up with your mind. Um, let's just say they had to pull me out in May, like, two, like four weeks before graduation, because I was so unstable. I was on the brink of having to go back inpatient.
1: Oh, gosh, kiddo, oh, that's just horrible. So I mean, testosterone, that's, that's didn't, but that is reality. There's a high rate of suicidal ideation in the LGBT community. So, 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 so that's just sad. So you're taking the hormones and it's not alleviating. So that's what I'm hearing. It's not alleviating the suicidal yeah, no. ideation or the feelings.
0: I mean, the, the hormones, the hormones started working right away. You know, yeah. I, I was lucky that they didn't just put me on 100 milligrams weekly and hoped for the best and just blasted me with it it was it took me 10 months to work up to full dose which was 100 milligrams weekly but as soon as i took probably 50 milligrams every two weeks after that first shot within two days my voice was dropping noticeably like people knew i didn't tell anybody at school and they were just like you started hormones didn't you
1: yeah because you, you you know but you do have a very deep voice i have more of that tranny voice but that being said like yeah, you're, yeah i could see i could see people that it's an it that's one of the telltale signs of transition is our voices right which starts yeah in that weird space yeah
0: i know a couple of years ago like on youtube and so on that was you know like the tranny voice was um you know something that people would look at themselves and be like oh god do i have that <laughs> totally. um, and at, at certain points in my transition i did have that voice and i'm like Shit! What am I gonna do? <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> I know. Hi. I mean, I got it for life, dude. I call it the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> I like Mickey yeah. Mouse. So, um, so that that so wow. Okay, wow. Uh, so now you're you know, in that space, you're still suicidal. You go in back. You check yourself back into the mental space, and then. And well, now... I
0: didn't check myself back in. Okay. I was close to it. Had I still oh, stayed in the school okay. environment, I okay. probably would have ended up back there. Um and then interestingly enough that happened in may and then i had top surgery in june
1: <laughs> okay well now this is where it's going to get totally interesting to, not the suicidal stuff is very horrible and i'm very sorry about that and it's just yes. i had the same thing so 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 now you're that and in may, in may you're feeling this way and in june you get top surgery
0: yes and i think and you're feeling suicidal yes and i believe we got the call to schedule in may as well um to do it in june that we had gotten the go ahead
1: so they didn't ask you any questions like how are you feeling mentally do you feel prepared for this surgery like any did they ask you any of these kind of questions
0: i mean i i think they probably did but i was trying to tell myself like you know like everything's going great like you're going to feel fine like it's all going to be okay this is what you're supposed to do Like just go ahead and do it. Talking Um, yourself into it. And also part of it too is that there was a rush because I was doing this as a senior, and then I was going off to college. I wanted to go off to college completely um, stealth, and you know, having my primary instrument was trumpet, and playing trumpet with a compression vest on is not fun. I had done marching band the summer before binding, which they tell you not to do, but I'm I was 16. I'm going to do it anyways. it's not a fun time so I was like okay we need to fast track everything and get this stuff done and the clinic was like we absolutely agree like you know make sure you have a fresh start at college so it was like full steam ahead Um, you know just say what you need to say to get the surgery it's gonna be fine and also the surgery wasn't performed by chop it was they outsourced it to a plastic surgeon that doesn't really work that much with trans people he's just a general plastic surgeon but he was willing to do the surgery
1: with no um, understanding of trans male top surgery. So there, he's just going to do your surgery. And so how did your surgery come out? Were you okay with it? Um,
0: So I kind of went in thinking that, um, you know, to be blunt, I was probably like a size B cup. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I was only a size B because like my rib cage is so wide that I would have to size up just to get the band to fit around me for bras and stuff. I went in thinking I was going to have to have a double incision, but he said, well, I can just kind of go here and here and kind of take things out and so on to do keyhole, hold, um, key like hold. in trans community terms. So that's what happened. Um, it kind of, on the mm-hmm. right side, he kind of ended up having to go almost completely around the nipple. Um, so I had that, I had like this weird tape compression thing, like it wasn't like a, a binder vest, it was like a weird tape thing, I don't even know. Um, The adhesive stuck on me like crazy, and I had drains in for five days. Um, And then I came back, and they pulled them out, and I looked down. And you know how, like, in all those videos, everybody is, like, they're looking in the mirror, and it's like, I see myself for the first time. I look down, and I go, what the hell happened here? Um, It basically looks like he took a circle cookie cutter out where the, um, like, where the breast tissue was and kind of just, like, stamped and pulled it out and he said that that would kind of dissipate with time and it didn't (laughs) so wow um, how many many years ago it's underneath where the incisions are um at this point over four years
1: and it hasn't gone away you still have that sort of is it like an indentation or is it like a? yeah it's an
0: indentation like if i lift my arm up you can clearly see there's like a circle where he excised the tissue
1: very important people hear this it's not what you see on TikTok, and it's not you know this idea that it's so perfect and it's gonna change this is irreversible surgery let's remind yeah, people and, of, of that mm-hmm.
0: well yeah and I, again i i i just think i'm so glad i didn't have double incision like i didn't have to um nothing yeah. against double incision but no, in terms of,
1: of scarring you mean you know like, it, yeah. this,
0: the scarring also mm-hmm. you're grafting a piece of tissue Um, Given it's your own tissue onto something else, there's a chance that the graft could fail. Um, There's just so many more moving parts with that versus okay. Like I had like two little cuts, and then somebody went in and like kind of cut things out, sucked them out, and then sewed it back up.
1: And so, how do you feel about that today? Are you comfortable with, with with your chest being that way?
0: I mean, I'm perfectly fine with it being flat like that. Doesn't bother me. Certainly, you're not going to see me going shirtless anywhere. But that's also just because of body insecurity. But I, if I don't like shave body hair, for instance, it's not passable. Like clearly something happened. Um, depending on the environment, I could probably play it off as oh I had gyno, I had surgery, and that would be fine. But it definitely looks like something was like there was some sort of operation. It's not super passable. So I, I just I don't take that risk, and I also don't frequent public pools and how does that make with, you
1: feel about yourself do
0: you... i mean i i don't know as much because with a lot of stuff i've had a lot of medical things in my life go wrong um gastrointestinal issues constant allergies getting sick and now within the past year um kind of some illnesses that have made me reconsider and switch my major again because i can't really do a lot of stuff physically so i've tried to not view physical changes in my body in a good or bad light more like it this is just what it is this is reality take it or leave it um what can I do to move forward but you know at the same time it's kind of like you know I take my shirt off in the mirror and I see it's just a reminder of what happened like wow you know that's not going back
1: (laughs) so the message I'm getting from you here is that surgery isn't the end-all be-all and that it might not be the thing that all of a sudden aligns your brain with your body and that everything is hunky-dory and you're going to move forward in the, in the world. That's sort of the message that I think I'm hearing yeah. here. Yeah. It's true though. You know uh, that. Th- so so now you're living your life as a trans man and you have that and do you start to go to, to the university now?
0: Yeah. So I actually started at Penn State, Maine right. because that's the only place that they have their music program. So I think mm-hmm. 50,000. Um, wild rambunctious teenagers and young adults it's a wild right. ride um, I was able to mostly live as stealth except there were some people that knew me in high school um, from other schools that um, were in the program that I didn't realize so they kind of casually outed me to everybody that's nice oh, oh yeah gosh. no I've, I've had multiple instances of people that knew me pre transition knowing that I was transitioning and trying to live as stealth outing me mm-hmm. it's fun
1: disgusting disgusting that's like just outing is disgusting i don't care if you're trans or gay, whatever that's your personal well, it's business. funny
0: because <sighs> one of the, the main person that outed me now is self-proclaimed non-binary
1: <laughs> well you know <laughs> of course they so are. so she
0: you know she's just living her life and
1: that's right and, you know i'm that's i'm right.
0: like yeah you realize you outed me four years ago right <laughs>
1: Do you think that she cares or they care they don't care it's just really about them but that that's the hypocrisy of this community right if you outed them the whole world would die so you know i have another idea about the non-binary voice which i don't care if you're non-binary that's your choice but they've really taken over the trans narrative and the trans space and it's it's kind of bizarre to me but so so now you're in Penn state yeah you have a comment on that
0: oh no no you can continue
1: so so now you're in Penn State and it's kind of, it's kind of difficult. So did you notice that there were other trans people there?
0: Um, so there was um, I think one other trans guy that I knew of, and then I think there was a trans woman that she was she was trying her hardest, but um, she yeah. she really had to try. It, she unfortunately she wasn't passing, and mm-hmm. most people were kind of sympathetic to that, but some people weren't. Um, we never talked though, because I, I tried to talk to her and she told me to fuck off. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> What is wrong with everybody? It's so bizarre, yeah, it, dude. <laughs> we're supposed to all so, be family and like <laughs> support each other. I know,
0: and especially like in the school of music, we're all just kind of suffering together. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. signing yep. our lives away, going into debt to make virtually no money.
1: Yeah. Like, we're all in you. a
0: struggle bus together.
1: That's right. Yeah, wow. we're like
0: attacking each other
1: no i know it's it's just it's just my brain doesn't comprehend that because we're allowed to disagree on stuff what we should not be doing is hating yeah. on each other it's just bizarre behavior it's killing us you know that the mm-hmm. community is just like dwindling yeah. down um so oh, yeah, so absolutely. yeah absolutely i mean and then you know all the people who actually really hate us and actually really don't want to see us are using all of our stuff against us and it's working Oh gosh, it's it's really for me as an elder in this community. It's a little depressing, but that's okay. You know we're gonna come back up from this. So so now you're living in trans. I want to know the, I want to know how you're feeling at Penn State. And was there during Penn State? Was it when you decided that you were feeling not in your trans? Like I guess my question is: So where are you now? What happened? So you were living trans at Penn State. What happened?
0: Um. So. Surprise alert, or spoiler alert, I was depressed there too. Um, and I only lasted there a year, actually, mm. before I um, transferred out. Because, again, I was severely depressed and it was going to go somewhere really bad if I didn't do anything. Um, I wasn't feeling fulfilled in my major. I wasn't, I something just fell off the entire time. Like, oh, I'm passing, I'm not getting misgendered, you know, I look male. Um, you know, but something fell off. Um, I felt like... You know, it, like, am I, am I missing something here? Am I... Um, and I, I grappled also with the idea of bottom dysphoria. I've never had bottom dysphoria. I don't think I've legitimately ever had it, um, but there was some prevailing thoughts at the time in the community that if you didn't have all of the dysphoria, um, that you weren't trans enough. So I was, you know, experimenting with packing and that kind of stuff, and it it frankly just got in the way more so for me than anything, but I was like, nope, this is what, this is what you got to (laughs) do. Like, maybe, maybe this will help my, my incongruence or something. Um, And I, it just, it still felt like I was putting on an act, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because of, I I play trumpet and Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because the stereotype for a trumpet player, I would compare to like the stereotypical white, rich Republican asshole. Wow. <laughs> like, literally, they put out their hand, they go, Hi, I'm better than you. That's how they introduce right. themselves. I'm not joking. Wow. And so, because of my instrument, you know, you would do like brass chamber groups and play with a lot of the brass players. And it was all of these, you know, older, middle aged, somewhat younger guys, very heteronormative, um, and just kind of seeing the environment. And some of it was, you know, just like normal guy stuff some of it was you know what locker room talk and just saying horrible things about women and I'm just sitting there like don't react don't react Um, but at the same time I I never felt like I fit in um, Mm -hmm. and I felt like I had to like put on an act just to kind of defend my stance if you will Mm -hmm. um, that I was a real man so but I, I didn't know it was putting on an act at the time I didn't know that's how I felt I just knew something was off.
1: Well, yeah, I totally resonate with that hundred percent in my early transition, you know, it's like, what is a man? Like, how do I feel like a man? How? And then I have the same thing in the locker rooms. These dudes just saying all kinds of insane shit. And you're just like, uh, I totally resonate with that. Like, what do I do? If I say this, I might out myself or, you know, it's a difficult space to be in when you're transitioning to live as a male, because. We were socialized female on you know on some level and even though we feel male what does that actually mean and so you have to it's really hard taking me years to find my footing around my masculinity but i can't even imagine transing today because you have so much pressure i didn't have that pressure when i transitioned there was no community but i think the community pressures people like you to conform also to Sort of some stereotype of what it means to be a trans man, right? Like, like you're telling me, for example, the bottom surgery, right? As you know, the whole world knows I don't have bottom surgery. I never got it. I don't want it. I live a perfectly healthy life. So it's interesting to me that that's still such a mm, kind of kind of really adamant space for trans men. And so now you're living your life, but you're are you questioning? Is that what's happening?
0: Looking back on it, I was questioning, but I, I kept telling myself, well, no, like, this this yeah. is your life now, like, this, yeah. this is what it is. Like, you're living as a guy, you're fitting in more so now than you were before. That's why I told myself in reality, my social role had not changed one bit. How I wanted to act, besides, like, some of the masking I would do, did not change at all from when I was in high school living, you know, openly as, like, a butch woman to now or, you know, when I was in college. None of that had changed. Um, except for times when I tried to like more so put on an act to not out myself to the people who didn't know I was trans because there were some people Um, but I I always felt like something was still off but I'm like you know just like soldier through you don't have time to think about this just get to the end of the semester and kind of just put it on the back burner let it simmer a little bit internally for years.
1: Who was your community? Did you have a community? Did you have friendships? None. So um,
0: well, I, I had, I had people I knew within the school of music, but I um, did not know really anybody else that was LGBT. In fact, um, you might find this surprising. This is probably the first full length conversation I've had with another transgender individual in my life. Well, I have Yeah. Never, mm-hmm.
1: I, on some I, level, like, I, I, was I don't same.
0: know anybody else. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know anybody else like me. I've never really known anybody else like me. You know, talking mm-hmm. online is one thing, but like sure. I've never. You know looked in the face and like talked to somebody that's been through my similar experience before
1: well on some level i'm going to say that's a good thing it because it, it, it's so, so, sort of with myself as well i transitioned by myself and you know i i do think on some level that's very empowering because you're not being sort of mm, told how to be if that makes sense or you know you're you're sort of emulating all of them are, this way and that you understand what i'm saying so by doing yeah, it no, yourself and being stealth you're actually transitioning to live male you're not transitioning to be trans which is what i say all the time trans is now an identity choice we i don't yeah. think me and you wanted to identify as trans we want to be men no big difference big big difference so so oh, yeah, right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of healthy on some level that you were alone. Not being alone is not super healthy, but being not sucked into the trans agenda and around a bunch of trans people and sort of being in that space can be difficult. So, so then you started questioning, and and, and then what happened after you started questioning? So how? how
0: um, mm-hmm. So I started questioning, and then I was like, "No, you don't have time for this. Like, this is your reality now. Just like, suck it up. It's probably mm-hmm. related to something else." I went back to therapy. I left Penn State, and I was like, okay, now I gotta figure out another major. So in the time period, I kind of took some gen eds, was taking some some classes, trying to figure out, and then I think after a year or two, I was, um, or two years, I was on to nursing, um, because my mom's a nurse, and I kind of knew about the career because of that. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do nursing school, that's fine, you know. And I was working through therapy and trying to work through some of, like, the things that I've been through in my life, and I would have continued, but my therapist, um, literally within a week's notice, quit on me. She had a mental breakdown, completely left the field of therapy, and is now supposedly flipping houses with her boyfriend in South Carolina.
1: <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not. No, wow. you can laugh.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: Oh, gosh. Was she a trans therapist, or just, like, a regular... No, she
0: wasn't. Um, uh-huh. Wow. It, it's funny because I mentioned it on Twitter and people are like, I wonder if she peaked. I wonder if that's why she left. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> don't know. Um, it, She wasn't the one that gave me the letter or anything. She played no role in that. Um, right, right. I mean, she did explore some topics with me, but she's like, I'm not the professional to handle this. You need to go to somebody that has expertise in this. This is not my right. realm. I'm not going to write the letter. Like, that's not going to be it.
1: So well, I have Black, to comment, provide her. Yeah, comment her. provide
0: pushback. Yeah. commend her on that.
1: Brilliant. That, that's actually right. She doesn't have the expertise, so how could she feel? But what is the expertise? I don't even know if there is at this point, because I do believe all trans people are different. I think some of, we all come to this in a different means and w- way we want to. So I don't understand this like idea that we have these therapists that know, right? There's like, what, five questions? And if you answer these five questions, you're trans. <laughs> that's yeah, that's kind of exactly. what I'm hearing. Yeah, wow.
0: Well, and the other thing too, in terms of like, who is the authority on like, you know, understanding gender ideology and like yes. um, being able to diagnose gender dysphoria. It's funny because um, Chop kind of peddled themselves as like one of the first pediatric gender clinics in the nation. Yeah, and in terms of determining who has like the right to say or um, you know kind of give this diagnosis because of expertise, they're the ones that trained the people at the local um, LGBT clinic that I get hormones from um, to be able to provide hormone therapy.
1: So you see that right there. And they you also
0: know? trained, um, so near where I am, uh, Penn State actually has a healthcare system. People don't know that necessarily. They have a healthcare system. They have a school of medicine. So they have a medical school um, near where I am. Um, and they also have a children's hospital that um, is pretty well known. And it's a research hospital, too. Now they have a gender clinic. Um, it's not super widely known, but they have a gender clinic. And they were trained by CHOP people.
1: I have an issue with that. I'm gonna just say it because that's very biased on some level. Like, what does that even mean? A gender clinic? Where are you getting these information from? Right? Who says that you can just open a gender clinic? What are the? What are the? You know? What are the? What are the sort of? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, what? What makes you a gender clinic? Do you have to go through training? Do you have to? You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, who's saying these are gender clinics? That's the problem I have. Like, because I just said it before, we're all different there's there's no five questions to ask all of us the same why why we feel this way or why we're transitioning that's the problem i have with these so-called gender clinics that really they just want to see you transition they i don't really believe that they push back on anybody i from every story well, i've yeah. heard none
0: yeah no no pushback no no
1: pushback none so anyone who walks in is automatically trans that is just insane um so here you are living your life and now what are you are you detransitioning because um, yeah
0: Um, so I was kind of debating back and forth in my head and um, certainly I think the questioning began with I actually went to the Philly Trans Wellness Conference in 2019 Um, so let's think that was probably one and a half years on hormones when you're post-op and I went there and some of the stuff that I saw being talked about and some of the things that I was hearing about I was like wow um, this is no insult to anybody. It felt like I was at the circus. Just you've got all these people, all these different presentations. Um, I forget what the conference center is that it's held at. It's like one of the big conference centers. Yeah, like I've, I've been to it. Um, it is,
1: it's that big conference center, yes.
0: Huge. Yeah, and the what really appalled me at first to kind of made me look like what the hell are we doing was the fact that the, the bathrooms, the men's and women's bathrooms, were changed to all-gender bathrooms, and there were children going in. Oh
1: wow! Holy, so, like,
0: is... you know, uh, both sides—they have all gender, you know, whoever it is, anybody can go in there. Anybody. And I'm anybody. Like, there's there's kids here. And anybody, people,
1: that's... anybody. <laughs> Remember that, that. Is... anybody—they're not just trans people going in there. Anybody, and so now we have little kids in there. Who's gonna follow these little kids into these bathrooms, people? Let's just be honest here. Why are people having yeah, it, have it? Why are we not having that discussion? It's so bizarre to me. We can have a non. We can have a non. What a gendered bathroom. I have no issues, but you've got to have a man and a woman's bathroom. I want to use the men's room. I actually do. I don't want to use the non-gendered bathroom. I want to walk right into the dude's room and be a dude. I don't know about you, yeah. but so it's not fair. Now I have an all-gendered bathroom. That actually doesn't make me feel comfortable. So how come I don't and, get And to
0: frankly, that doesn't make anybody feel comfortable. Yeah. It just opens up the door for bad things to happen.
1: Ooh. Um, that
0: was the first thing, and then learning about um, some of the clinics in Plain Parenthood and the informed consent model in adults, And I was like, hold on, all the research I had done, which people think I didn't do research, I did some (laughs) research, um, (laughs) as much as a 16-year-old could do, Mm -hmm. was um, kind of more the model of what you went through was, you know, you have to do at least six months of therapy or ideally a year of therapy, and you have to socially transition before you get medical transition to see if it's a right fit, and you take everything slow, and you wait a couple years, and it's like this long arduous process which we now know is to try and keep people safe and to make sure that this is the right thing and that the symptoms of gender dysphoria aren't actually Mm -hmm. symptoms of something else that kind of look like gender dysphoria right um but then when i found out i you know i i completely ignored my experience i forgot about my experience i thought well i was critically ill you know they told my mom i was going to kill myself if we didn't do this fast so I was a special case, this doesn't apply to me, but then seeing Planned Parenthood and hearing that like win one appointment, you can walk in, no behavioral health assessment, just get hormones and go away. I was like, that's, that's not right. Like I didn't agree with it, I thought it was horrible.
1: Because you're smart and you actually see it as a, uh, you just see, you see the mistake they're making. Why would you wanna push somebody on hormones so fast? As you can see, what happened to you and what happened to me is irreversible i'm so tired of people saying oh don't worry just go off and you'll go right back to normal ain't happening people so so that's where i met you i met you because i saw you all over the internet discussing the fact that you weren't told uh i just connect i just was like wow awesome who's this guy because you literally (laughs) were saying no i'm not kidding you were saying the things that I try to say all the time, but you know, I'm an old guy, so I'm not necessarily listened to so much by the younger yeah. generation anymore. And and, and that's okay, and I don't have an issue with that. But that, so I saw you and I'm like, oh, you're saying the things that need to be said. And one of the, th- and the balding, you know, that's what, that was the thing that everybody latched onto with yeah, you, right?
0: just like, he's <laughs> complaining because he looks like <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Like, and he's complaining, yeah, no, I, there's literally, I, I think Keffels, I think Kessel's posted something about
1: that. Figures. Um,
0: And then there was another one that compared me with, like, Elon Musk without, like, the comb-over. There's, like, just this big gap. Um, which is fine. Like, I, I Dude,
1: really you're support. handsome. Who cared? Number number one. Number two. Hello. You I, all know I'm bald. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's, But that wasn't the point. That wasn't the point of what you were saying. And then why are trans women getting into your conversation? You're a trans dude. They, should, they don't get to have that conversation. Sorry, we don't, as trans men, don't get to have the conversation about trans women. They always tell us to shut up. So you know what? Trans women out there, you don't get to have the conversation when a trans man is talking about his own experience because it's not well, yeah. your experience so it's disgusting
0: well it's funny because people in the comments were just like after um so like it seems like the the right wing or the conservative leaning side of twitter found my video like i just put it out in the air i didn't expect anybody like really to look at it much right um and it was in response to like me saying like i've transitioned this is my life i i feel like somewhat comfortable where i'm at in terms of how i present but at the same time frankly if i could go back and stop this from happening i absolutely would because there's a bunch of things that have happened now that one are irreversible and two if i if i had this like deep desire like a lot of detransitioners do to go back and try and live as female like in greater society i'm gonna have a hard time with that and people are like no it's not like you're 21 like the bot, like you know, the body's amazing. It can reverse itself. So I made that video, being like, "Look at me! Like listen to me and look at me! You know, That's look right. at my hair. Look at hear my voice. In in music terms, I'm a bass two. Bass yeah. two is the lowest voice part. Wow! Like I, there is absolutely no way I mm-hmm. could reintegrate into greater society and pass it as a woman. Which people on the the GC side, the gender critical side. Have a problem with me saying "pass as a woman" um, in of a course. sense of like, well, you can't define what a woman is. Like, you know, that's the whole point. Like, we're trying not to follow like gender stereotypes. That's and like, right. I'm thinking realistically here in small town America. Like, if you look like a man trying to be a woman, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And it's going to make me unsafe in a lot of situations.
1: Oh my gosh, so many. Which is situations. also
0: why I transitioned in the first place. If I was going to live as a man, I needed to be convincing enough that it didn't create a safety concern.
1: So. I want to go back just a little bit. When you were discussing yeah. taking testosterone, tell me what they told you about testosterone. Did they give you a, 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 a you probably had to sign an informed consent something or another because they're worried about being sued. I did. And, and, and so I, th- this is interesting because I know, I know, you, I probably know what you're going to say, but when you're excited about getting hormones and you're given a piece of paper, are you actually reading that paper? So I'm sorry, I don't mean to answer for you, but I, so. No, so it's fine. G- g- give me that scenario that you, when you started. No, take, I didn't
0: read the paper. I I don't even think it was specific to testosterone. I think it was just a general informed consent paper, because it was just one page.
1: Did they tell you all the the side effects, or you didn't read it, so you didn't even know about the side effects?
0: Well, they told me. um, The NP, it was an NP, not not Mm. like that matters much because, you know, mid-level practitioners can do a lot of the same stuff and prescribe drugs and so on. Um, She kind of briefly went over. She's like, all right, your voice is going to drop, your clitoris is going to get bigger, Your breasts might shrink, and she said it all this like verbatim, um, which of course me like being insecure about those words. I was like, but she was very blunt, and she's like, you might grow a little bit. You're probably gonna get heavier. You might get more muscle. You might get more fat, and you're probably gonna get a lot more hair everywhere. Like that's are are you sure you want to get yourself into that?
1: Oh wow!
0: And I was like, well, yeah, that that's that's why I want to take it. That's right. And so she's like, okay, as long as you understand that, and according to the letter, she was acting in good, acting. Um, assuming that the behavioral health professional that interviewed me and did the assessment did it correctly and did it thoroughly so she was acting in good faith and was like okay and based on this letter you're ready to go as long as we have an understanding here you go
1: well no you're right she was acting in good faith and she asked you and you said yeah because of course that's what you want we all want to be hairy and dudes and you know muscles and all of that i mean of course that's like our dream to to be that but I don't think the reality of it sets in until you actually start happening. I mean, on paper, (laughs) it looks amazing. But on reality, if you're not actually prepared for genitals changing, right? I mean, so many, even not only growth, smell, smell changes, things change. yeah. Yeah. And no one talks about that. You know, I've been one of the guys who have talked about it, but it's very small in our community that we talk about these types of things. So, so yeah, of course you were prepared because it was l- literally what you see and want is a difference than actually having it. So, oh gosh, dude, <laughs> I swear. It's such a, so, so what happened? Like, what was the catalyst for you to start thinking about? Like, did I do?
0: Honestly, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, whether or not like this was a mistake for me until after, um, like I was on Instagram and I, I didn't really post on Instagram, I kind of just followed people. And then I found um, Gays Against Groomers and mm-hmm. um, like the Puberty Blockers Suck and all of that stuff. When I saw that you were affiliated with that um, and kind of seeing the message because I fundamentally disagreed with the informed consent model, especially because there were some people on YouTube, um, like you look at Ryan Barnes, L. Palmer, um, some of the D-trans girls like that, and what did they all do? They all went in to a clinic via informed consent, walked out with hormones, yeah. and look where they are now. Um, and, and I was approaching it from like a, a patient health perspective because of my healthcare background. Um, like it's just about keeping people safe and making sure that we do the appropriate the appropriate evaluations to rule out other potential problems before we jump to the most invasive treatment possible. <laughs> Um, which makes sense but people don't see it like that Mm -hmm. and um, I I think I reached out to trans against groomers because I was like oh I'm a trans guy like you know I I I think that this what's going on with kids is completely wrong I think what's going on with Planned Parenthood and like all these clinics is wrong but that's besides the point focus on the kids first because they're you know kids versus adults like who's the more vulnerable demographic kids and they were like, well, do you want to start making content? And I was thinking, okay, video and words at the same time. Me, who. Um, the conspiracies on Twitter are that I'm actually a biological male boomer.
1: <laughs> it's a compliment. By the
0: Russian government. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm...
0: Or I'm, I'm secretly. I'm employed by Matt Walsh. <laughs> He's paying me. Um, I have yet to see that paycheck, but Matt Walsh is paying me. I'm oh being paid um, by. Uh, Russian blood money to uh, fear monger the masses but I I, I do identify as a boomer a little bit I am not the most technically competent okay like me making videos and speaking and putting words in it and doing like an overlay I'm like that's not gonna work so maybe I'll start on Twitter where it's just words and it's short form content right so I started on Twitter and I started following some people and thinking like yeah I'm doing this from like a trans ally perspective right and then I was reading stories and reading, you know, the experiences, and you know, definitely having like a lot of other mental issues going on. And I was like, "Hold on a second, like this, this is like my story, right? Like this, this sounds an awful lot like what I went through." And, and then it kind of made me think, "Oh God, did did I do this for the right reasons? Like, am I am I a product of the, like I was a product of the thing I was arguing against, but with, am I one of those?" worst case scenarios which wow. at this point i have no idea i i do know that i absolutely 100 percent would have not done this um with the information i have today absolutely like wow. i would just if i had just let myself work through therapy i would be living my happy butch lesbian life wow. and I mu- i would have much rather that than go through this
1: that's a very powerful statement, my friend. I so appreciate your honesty. Like, gosh, that takes a lot to be honest about what's happening with you. And I appreciate it beyond as as a transsexual man, I appreciate you so much because this isn't a space for everybody. It's just not. And it no. won't just, it's not magically going to make you the happiest person in the world. There's a lot of work that comes Along with this, and is a 16-year-old prepared? Is a 16-year-old prepared? Clearly, and
0: not we- only, yeah, not only was I 16, but you know, we, in the medical space and in the behavioral health space, they talk about competency, and obviously, competency has a legal connotation as well. Um, because people say well is you know when you think of competency like competency hearings is this defendant competent to stand trial or Thanks. to defend on their behalf and it's a whole behavioral health assessment and it's a legal process but also um, for my own training cuz now I'm in school for social work and I'm kind of beginning <sighs> that training myself there is a concept that as a helper that you want to know to the best of your ability, that you're giving information and the client understands that information and that you know that they are going to act or you're hoping that they're gonna act in the um, in the best interest of themselves. And also, are they at a level emotionally where they can even understand what you're trying to tell them? And I can look back and say, I wasn't. I was not competent to make that call. I was not competent to make that decision outside the fact that I was 16. Um, but it was just full steam ahead
1: wow and so that's very similar to you know i'm, I'm very connected to D transitioners because i feel that they are still part you know you whether or not whatever choice you make casey you're still part of the community and i and I, that's mm-hmm. why i i that's why i you know why, i, I but respect
0: katie you. montgomery didn't say I was.
1: <laughs> is she part of the community because i don't think so <laughs> she's part of herself know. it's all about her but but you know you you are part of this community you will never not be part of even if you choose whatever path you are part of this community and you do need to have love and respect and everyone needs to hear your 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 voice because you will save people from taking the same that's the thing i just don't understand why are people so mad at you for saying things that could actually save other young people from taking the wrong that you would think that they would wa- i want that it doesn't affect my transition your your space does yeah. not affect me no detransitioner affects me on any level about my own transition and that's really what, why I have such a hard time with the fact that you're treated so nasty. I saw some nasty stuff thrown at you, my friend, and I'm like, this is not a trans community. This is some insane yeah. ideology.
0: I mean, it was, I, I will briefly just talk about like the response that I got. Um, it's funny because, I, again, I never expected to go viral. Like, you sure. know, I, my account's what, a week, two weeks old? <laughs> so I all- <laughs> And like, I just post this video, and then I'm starting to, you know, starting to gain a little more traction, and then, you know, I go from 100 followers to 200 to 400, The day 500, then it's like 1,000, and then it just explodes. Wow! And there was like the first explosion where it kind of hit the right-wing side, and I was getting like the, oh, we pity you, you're still a woman, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of died down, and then exploded again, and that's where things got really gnarly, mm-hmm. because it hit the trans side of Twitter. Um And everybody it it was interesting because they're like you're just complaining that testosterone didn't make you hot or that it you know you went bald and all this stuff and uh, I had said previously on Twitter um, that I was kind of more or less okay with how things physically turned out in my transition and I was balding but there was some hair loss happening because of PCOS Mm -hmm. but that testosterone exacerbated that so people are like he's lying about his his um, medical history and all this stuff and you know if you had just looked at your dad and looked at your family history you would have known if you were going bald well frankly i'm gonna say this i only knew my dad he has full head of hair and he's in his 70s that that's the other thing too i have very old parents so like my dad's 74 my mom's 64 um so i was raised by boomers if that (laughs) i'm a boomer i'm a a boomer Yeah. boomer. (laughs) yeah so um but like he had a full head of hair i didn't know his grandparents because surprise they were dead before i was born and my biological mom she has a full head of hair and i also don't know what her family looks like so you know simply saying well, just look at your family and they'll see like and, and again like i can guarantee you this wouldn't have happened if i didn't go on hormones
1: well oh it my god some Dude. hair loss happened that that's a hundred percent true. That only happened because of testosterone. That you wouldn't have gone bald if you never took the testosterone. Those people are insane. Number one, they're gaslighting you. Number two, they yeah. all know that. That's why they're attacking you because they know on some level what you are saying is true. I get the same gaslighting, right? It's like, wait, I have 30 years experience of transitioning. Mm-hmm. And I I had atrophy, my friend. Thank God you didn't have any of those. I had atrophy which almost killed me they say I'm lying I'm like okay this is insane why would we lie why would you sit here why would you Casey put yourself out on the crazy internet where it's full of insane to be hated that just that's why it's BS it's complete BS and I I, I uh, hate it I
0: I can answer that because I am secretly a boomer being paid by the (laughs) alt-right and Russian with blood money (laughs) and I'm an employee of Matt Walsh. This is not my reality. This is a story. I have a script. This is made up.
1: It's just so... It's gone so absurd. I mean, really, this is...
0: I remember remember seeing an article. Somebody sent this article to me, and it was like, this is proof that he's fake, and I was just looking at it. I'm like, this
1: is... This is... My God, dude. Like,
0: I... You know, they ask us for proof, but I legitimately want to know where your proof is. Like, okay, I followed some you know more conservative sides of twitter and now also like look i follow um like katie montgomery and keffels and i follow a lot of those people now because i also kind of want to see if they're shit talking that's right you should you should um and you know i follow like joe biden and aoc and a bunch of these other people um does that mean i agree with them no just because i follow matt walsh doesn't mean i agree with everything that he says um
1: That's how immature they are. Dude, I follow everyone. I follow everyone. Everyone who's on the right, on the left, in the middle. You've got to, you have to. That's how smart you are. You've got to see what everyone is saying. If you're only in a tunnel, which these people are, they're only in a tunnel. They only hang out with trans people. They only hear the same rhetoric. You know what I mean? They're being fed this machine. They don't have any idea what's going on in the actual real world. They're being fed. These Mm -hmm. are young people and young people are easily okay you know that they're easily twisted oh, yeah. and and molded Absolutely. into. A, that's why they go after the young people they little these kind of movements always go after the young people because the young people are soldiers right and then now they're just incorporating them as 10 years old and 11 years old is what they're they're doing and trying to make this community so large that nobody could come, say that it doesn't exist so they're doing it in a means in a way that's lying and deceitful and then somehow I don't want to say you got sucked into it because that's not my place to say that but but i think i think something 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 about your transition wasn't a hundred percent there you didn't know what you were getting is that is i think that's what i'm trying to say correct yeah it wasn't yeah. clear
0: cut like I thought it was, That's right. and again, there was a lot of other things going on, like yeah. there was, I think there was a lot of body insecurity that was interpreted yeah. as gender dysphoria because, yeah. and I, I, you know, I, I posted about this on Twitter where, like, I felt bad about myself, and I thought because I felt bad about myself and some of my feminine characteristics that that made me trans, and then as an adult, talking to people. Um, finding out that, well, most people, including women, feel bad about themselves. They feel bad about their chest. They feel bad about how they look and their weight and how that's distributed. And somebody was like, are you telling me that he never talked to anybody about this stuff? Well, also, I was raised fundamentalist Christian, okay? Okay. So that, it it was borderline Mm -hmm. cult-like. It's funny how I moved from, like, one cult (laughs) community to another cult-like community of two very different opinions and spectrums. But, like, very, like... You know, pigeonholed, um, narrow focus of being a fundamentalist Christian and growing up in that. Like, I, it was to the point where, like, I wasn't allowed to listen to any other music except Christian music because wow. fill your mind with things that are good. Uh, YouTube was only educational. Um, we, we've left, by the way. This is not reality now, but this is what my reality was then. Um, you know, evolution is a scam. Science is lying to you. Everybody's lying to you. I- wow. Ironic that the fundamentalists are saying science is lying to you and That's then. Right. You know, on the other side. There's wow, like, it's like fun. actually
1: identical. You can literally place them on top of each other. It's very cult-like, don't you? Don't you? So, so on some level, you already had this experience in that cult-like atmosphere.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny because the only reason I left the church is because I was transitioning. That was the only reason why. Um, wow. And And... You know kind of kind of growing up in that we were discouraged from talking about our bodies talking about our bodies in any sort of way besides like functional was a sin because it was lustful um yeah. there yeah. is also a lot of rhetoric around purity culture um, purity culture and how it impacts women and young girls um and for me um i mean this is something i mentioned on my page but i was sexually abused as a child by my dad um so male father figures were kind of not like a like a great i didn't have a great relationship with that or anybody that had that role and the pastors knew about this we had a youth pastor and a regular pastor Mm -hmm. and so when talking about purity culture this the idea and again remember we are like young teenagers and this is like boys and girls listening to this in youth group on wednesday night supposed to be a fun time talking about like you know purity and virginity is one of the ultimate gifts that a woman can give her husband and that is sacred right? And you don't want to take that away because of lust, because of sin of the flesh. And I mean, again, I'm like 12, okay? Wow. And I, I talked with my pastor afterwards, and I was just like, well, what about my situation? Because it was like, well, if you lose your virginity, it's your fault and all of this stuff. And I was like, I, I was seven. Like, I, yeah. I couldn't control it. And he goes, well, then I, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. That's one less thing you can give your future husband.
1: What? So they're blaming you for your molestation at seven? Yes. Oh my god that's just hard. and that's what the
0: church that i came from because that's I not christianity before we moved here no that's it's not, not. it's absolutely not it's not I, I, that's why I, I, I say fundamentalism or yep. fundamentalist christians because yep. i know that's not mainstream no nope. um and like the evangelicals nope. i had in my trial when i was nine i had to testify against the majority of people i knew at the old church i was at because they took my dad's side
1: Oh, my God. I am so sorry, my friend. Th- that is just I – mean, that's trauma. it is what it is. Yeah, I know, but I just want <laughs> to say is. I'm sorry because that's just uh, – uh, uh that's just making so much more trauma for a young person and that you know again so you know some of the stuff that's happening today is trauma-based I don't care any any, I had trauma we you know there's trauma in our transition there's trauma around what's going on with our with ourselves a lot of us have been molested if they took a poll (laughs) you'd be shocked at how many trans people have been molested as kids and or and just general in the world it's an actual thing that You know, people don't want to talk about it. It gets slid under the rug. And look at you having to testify and they're thinking you're lying. How old were you, nine?
0: Nine when I testified.
1: What a traumatic experience for you. Holy moly. Well, yeah, and
0: it's it's interesting because I actually did get (laughs) cross-examined. I got cross-examined by like two Boston lawyers like trying to just come at me. And then like, I had to read the transcript of the interview i had with a forensic psychologist describing what exactly happened i'm so sorry i had to read the transcript i mean it's fine
1: no it it upsets me
0: it's not fine but like i you know god damn these people it it is what it is
1: yeah you know they i'm I'm glad that you are that way but you know i just i it's just horrible it's not something anyone should have to deal with. And so, you know, that's why I belong to gays against groomers and why I belong, again, with trans against groomers and, you know, all of this idea that children are part of this whole thing now is so weird.
0: Yeah, and again, all of this, the psychologist who evaluated me knew. She knew this. And there was this idea that... Um, and this was my mom's biggest fear, was that I was doing this because of the sexual abuse. And I had this idea that mm-hmm. if I was a boy, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Even though she told me, she was like, frankly, I know your father. He probably would have done this even if you were a boy. So that's yep. not going to change anything. Wow. Um, which probably would have happened as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, yep. I, it kind of where I came from in looking at my own transition and, you know, how I feel now versus, like, would I have transitioned? it kind of started from that well was she right that like you know the abuse as a kid played a role in this and it went from well no of course not you know you're trans because you're trans there's no other reason for it to well maybe it did play a role to I can't say if it did or didn't play a role to well if I'm saying that then it absolutely did play a role and if that played a role then what other things that I went through as a kid and what other problems I had played a role in this and then is, was this even gender dysphoria or is this a conglomeration of other symptoms relating to my body?
1: That's right. That's right. And that's all I'm asking for us to pull back a little bit and start to look at these types of things that, that Casey's talking about, like the trauma, because I, I guarantee you there's a lot of trauma involved in our transition. And so that's sometimes I do hear that. I do hear, you know, the, in the newer generation, you know, they don't want to be girls because of puberty and trauma and they just want to hide themselves. And I mean, I'm partly that kind of makes sense to me because when I see the upswing, I mean, the insane upswing of, of, of you know, FTMs, in your generation, I, I'm sorry, but I have to say because how come all of a sudden out of nowhere when I was transitioning there was nobody <laughs> and I grew up with a bunch of yeah. butch girls. So no, there's something amiss here. And you, you prove it to me you prove it to me and also now I think you're gonna prove it to a lot of people. You're not the thing is this Casey, I don't think you're trying to stop people from transitioning. I do not believe that. No. no, no way are you doing that. You're actually trying to help people have a better, more healthy transition
0: yeah i that's the other thing people say that i hate all trans people and i want all trans healthcare to go away now i can understand because people like matt walsh kind of like that's right retweeted the video and so on that's right i I can understand because they're pretty they're pretty firm on their beliefs and they are more anti-trans in general i they're more they're bigger gamut right now is the kids thing which yeah you know i I agree with i think we all agree that that's why we kind of tolerate them because we're just trying to you know stop kids from making irreversible decisions right um sorry i'm trying to think oh um like i'm aware that people could misuse the story but at the same time at the end of the day i'm like just because there could be some people that take this the wrong way does that mean i shouldn't speak out Like something wrong is going on. Like I'm not the only one this has happened to. There's a ton of people that this has happened to, and I'm I'm actually thankful that, generally speaking, for the most part, I don't feel like I need to return to my prior self. Mm -hmm. That that's what really gets me. That's what really is like heart wrenching is seeing, especially a lot of these like detrans girls and women. Oh my god, some of these people, like my heart just breaks for them. I don't I don't have that deep down desire or yearning. So, I mean, that's why I say I don't know what I am. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, I would be fine living as a male, but at the same time, if I could go back, I absolutely wouldn't have done this. I would just be, like, a kick-ass butch lesbian and live my life. Yeah. Um, You know, but, like, I I just... My heart breaks for these people. And, you know, you hear the side effects of Lupron and, you know, the long-term implications of um, unregulated testosterone or um, estrogen use where it's not observed. It, It just, like, I... There's a lot more, have I been hurt by the system? Yes, I have. But there's a lot more people that a lot worse things are happening to, and their case is a lot more common than mine is, at least that we know at this point. And that's that's kind of why I am saying something.
1: Well, you're, and again, you're a hero. You're my hero. That's so, you know, Aww. that number, number two, what you're doing is you're sort of a catalyst on some level to say, oh, so let's look deeper now. So that's why you're so great because, you know, you're not saying even, you're not, you're not saying you're detransitioning. You're saying I might still say this way. I might, but I would have probably never done this if I had certain information. And that's, the great message you're giving there. And I think it says a lot about you. You have a huge amount of integrity. You care. You care about the trans community. Those people who are railing on, they don't care. You know, those are the people that aren't necessarily medically transitioning or just non-binary, who can literally go back to living in their old selves in two seconds, and none of this ever affected them. That's what people need to understand. We're talking about medical transitioning. I don't care about your identity choice. I care about the fact that young people are putting testosterone irreversible. What? (laughs) How? How? Absolutely. How are we saying things are reversible, my friend? How? I...
0: It even says in WPATH that certain effects of hormones are reversible. I that have- That is insane. I'm, it's I not am true. Printing, yeah, I am printing out the entirety of the Standards of Care 8, and I am looking at it, all 260 freaking pages of it, because I, you know, one thing, and I think I actually messaged you on Instagram, but it was under like a slightly different account. Okay. Um, that I was like, okay, I, it was, I forget what exactly I said, but we had like a tiny conversation. And I was like, I really want to know who these shareholders they blatantly mention mm-hmm. in the introduction are contributing to the standards of care. Yeah. Like, okay, you're financially contributing, and mm-hmm. may or may not have medical training or any expertise None. in this. But because you're putting money in, you get to determine what the standards of care for that's right. children are.
1: No, that's right. Great point. So, so everyone needs to understand WPATH is a self appointed They weren't appointed by the government, they weren't appointed by any medicals. They are self appointed they've been around for a long, long time. Even I think maybe near when I transitioned, they started. They've been around for a long time. I do not support them anymore. I feel like they've gone off the rails. They've become a political organization. They're funded by pharmaceutical. What do you think they're getting all their money from? And that those top members those are billionaires you know that those are people who have a uh-huh. shit ton of money who are just flinging it and so i just want to i don't follow the w path guidelines because i think they're whacked and i think that you know they don't do us a service in our trans community and they're they're not the end all this is also what i want to say w path is not the end all be all it is not the structure of i i disagree with that so so i think people need to understand that it's a self-appointed Organization, it is not necessarily. Um, it's not necessarily. We're not all on board with it. So, Casey, I really appreciate you. I really just, you know, you're awesome, and I'm so happy we connected. And I, you know, thank, thank you. you, thank you for taking the time with me today. It means a lot to me. And you know, whatever I can do, I'm here for you. You know that I got your back, kiddo. Like you don't, you know, just keep going. I'm can gonna you keep pushing. Give me pushing. my
0: hair back. Please?
1: <laughs> enjoy the baldness. <laughs> I enjoy mine. Yeah, enjoy I mean, it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not as much about like not looking bald. It's just like, okay, <laughs> if I wanted to go back it, bald woman, hard sell.
1: Yeah, um, you bald know, but man,
0: not a hard sell.
1: No, but you know, I, I know I actually dated a bald woman for a long time and it looks oh. awesome and you have a great head. So, you know, it's also about your head shape. So don't stress on mm-hmm. the hair. That's the last thing you need to worry about. You know, it just is. It's not, it's not, I understand it and I appreciate your, 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 your authenticity around it, but just let that go for now, and and you yeah. you got bigger fight out there. So thanks, Casey. And, well, clearly, clearly, yeah. I have a, <laughs> you have a bigger fight. Just yeah. so you know, whether or not you like it or not, the universe just plopped you down, dude, and said, "Yeah, yeah you better get ready because you're young and you're you're youthful and you got energy and you can do this. You can do it. We got you, dude. And many of us got you. I we got you.
0: I I really appreciate it. Really, yeah, the support. I know I, I, know I wouldn't do. have stayed on Twitter. <laughs> That's right.
1: That should say everything right there to the world too. This guy went on Twitter within whatever a week you are exploded. People saw you because they're waiting. I keep emphasizing that. People are waiting for your voices, right? Blair and I, they already know us, but they're waiting. We need you. We need you in order to save the horrible stuff that's happening in our community. So with that, comment, like, subscribe, do all those things and send Casey a love letter because he's a cool person and really needs our love right now. So Thank